Amen. We're at a series right now just titled Believe, and I want to remind you that believing is the key. Believing is the key to having a real relationship with God. Believing is the key to having the blessings of God on your life. Believing is the key to seeing the promises of God fulfilled in your life. All of the challenges and the obstacles and the battles of life that come to us, you know, we got to believe God through all of those things. And here's the thing, a lot of the time things just kind of work out. I mean, it's amazing how when you really serve the Lord, I'm talking about, you know, you obey God, when you really serve the Lord, how that most things in our life, they just kind of, God just works it all out. I mean, He works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And, you know, you can see that. And I I want you to hear that because some people, you know, they're they're always looking for another miracle just to get them by. You know, I want you to know we're not supposed to live miracle to miracle. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. You know what's better than having a miracle? Not needing one. Uh, You're just living in the daily blessings of God. But I also want to say to you this morning that there are always those areas of life where we struggle. I mean, there's those times when there's one area, maybe for somebody you're just thinking, yeah, my whole life is just a battle and a struggle and it seems like it will never end. That is the situation I want to talk to you about this morning. We need to believe God for breakthroughs. We need to believe that no matter how long it's been this way, no matter how bad it might be, that our God is big enough to do a miracle, to change it all in a moment, in a day. Maybe you've had setback after setback and it just seems like nothing will ever change. There is a God who can change your situation with a sudden breakthrough. Sometimes, you know, we just continue on day after day and you don't see change. And then, and then all of a sudden, God steps in and it's changed. I want to remind you of this story of the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going to read it from Luke 8, 43 and 44. It's a little shorter here in Luke. But it says, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time to be sick. Day after day day after day. She spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. Spent all of her money. I mean, all of her livelihood, everything that she had, couldn't be healed. She came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Twelve long years of suffering, twelve long years of spending everything that she had, twelve years of being ostracized by society, and all of a sudden, in a moment, in in an instant, it says immediately, it stopped. I want you to know that God can do that in your life. That whatever might have gone on for year after year after year, that God can change it in just a moment, immediately, a breakthrough. You know, when Jesus ascended to heaven, for a period of time, it looked like that the church was going nowhere. I mean, the Lord has risen and He has ascended to heaven. And the church... Is just, well, nothing much is happening except, well, they're doing what Jesus told them to do. He said to go to Jerusalem and pray and wait. 
And when God tells you to pray and wait, that's what you need to do. Pray and wait. And it may look like nothing is happening, but then there is a suddenly, a sudden breakthrough that comes. It's in Acts chapter 2. It says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You see, suddenly the Holy Spirit fell, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. These people who had been just kind of hiding out and praying and waiting, suddenly they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they became bold witnesses of the risen Lord. And 3,000 people were born again that day. 3,000 people were added to the church. That's a breakthrough. This little quiet group of people, you know, this little religious movement, all of a sudden it exploded. It was a sudden breakthrough. In Acts chapter 3, it tells about Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray about 9 o'clock in the morning. And for these guys, this was just a, well, it was just another time to go pray. It was a usual thing. It was ordinary to them that, you know, they would do this. They're going to go and pray. But something different happened on this day. By the way, I just want to tell you, not many breakthroughs happen while you're sitting home in front of the TV, um, unless maybe you're doing church online. But, but I'm just telling you that a lot of the time, it's when we're being faithful to go to pray. It's when we're being faithful to go to church and to worship God. It's in that, you see, what we might consider the mundane, you know. Some people think, oh, it's just another church service. Well, that's what you're probably going to get when you think just another church service. What's the problem with that is that a lot of the time, that's why people don't go. It's just another church service. But I want to tell you that a lot of the time it is in a church service where your breakthrough comes. Then a lot of the time it is when you're with your brothers and sisters that the breakthrough comes. You don't know who God might use. It might be your small group leader who has a word for you. It might even be that pastor that just says something that the Holy Spirit causes to come alive in you and your breakthrough comes. But they're going to the temple to pray, and something happens. There is a man that was born lame. I want you to think about this. He's never walked. He was born lame. And every day they would carry this man and lay him at the gate. They called it the gate beautiful there at the temple. Every day this man was laying there. Now think about this. The Lord Jesus... He said that he was daily teaching in the temple courts. Jesus had to have passed by this man. He had to have seen this man many, many times. And there were people that were healed, but don't you know that maybe this man was thinking, what about me? Have you ever felt that way? You hear about others, you hear about others having a miracle. God did this for that one and that one, and you think, but what about me? I want you to know that God has an appointed time for a breakthrough. He has a time and He makes a way, and we should never think that God has left us out. Instead, we ought to be looking forward with expectation and believing God for that breakthrough. So this man is there. He's begging for alms, and he sees Peter and John, and he calls out to them. 
And Peter says to the man, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says that he went walking and praising God. A breakthrough. How'd this happen? A couple of guys going to pray. And God steps into this situation and this man's life is never the same again. Now he has a living testimony of the power, the life-changing power of God. You know, when Saul was persecuting the church, the Bible says he was breathing out threats and murder against the church. Don't you know that the church was praying about this guy Saul? I mean, the Bible tells about how that they, they had had people, friends, family, you see, people they knew had been hauled off and thrown into prison because of this guy. This guy was the, the number one persecutor of the church. He was zealous in persecuting the church. But the church had another sudden breakthrough. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 3, it tells us that as Saul journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. All of a sudden, this light shines around him and God speaks to him. Everything changed for this man named Saul who would become Paul, the, the apostle to the Gentiles. In that moment when God spoke to him, he says, Lord, what would you have me to do? He just made Jesus his Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? And he served God and lived for God the rest of his life. Everything changed for him. But know this, it also changed for the church that day. Because this man who was so intent on persecuting the church, now... He becomes a great apostle. Now this man lives for God and serves God. He writes much of the New Testament that we read today. And God used him so powerfully to start church after church in city after city. It is amazing what God did suddenly that day. I want you to know that God still does suddenlies in our day, in our time. You know, Paul himself, you know, he, he persecuted the church, but after his salvation, he himself is persecuted for the cause of Christ again and again. He's beaten and stoned and whipped, and, and on and on it goes. Paul and, and Silas, at one point, they cast a demon out of a servant girl, and it makes some people really mad. Why would that make people mad? Because they were using this demon-possessed girl to make money. I want you to know when you mess with somebody's money, uh, people get upset about it. And so they had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into prison. You know what Paul and Silas need? They need a breakthrough. You know what they do? They just started praying and singing. Praying and singing. Praying and singing. Praying and singing. I'm sure the other prisoners thought they were crazy. These guys been beaten and thrown in the dungeon, and here they are praying and singing in there. Oh, well, let me read it to you. 
Acts 16, 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. It was a sudden breakthrough, more like a sudden jailbreak, right? But listen, we ought to have an expectancy that God can step into our situation anytime and everything can change. You know, sometimes we, we have hope. We, we have hope that someday way out there in the future, you know, we have this expectancy that out there somewhere. But I'm telling you, sometimes we need to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we need to believe that God would do a suddenly in our life, a breakthrough. Romans 9.28 It says this, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Sometimes we feel like things just take forever. But we need to know that what God has begun, he will complete. Philippians 1, 6 says, he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He doesn't halfway do things. No, he will finish what he starts. And we need to know this. He says he will cut it short in righteousness. Now, Paul is actually referencing two verses from Isaiah, Isaiah 10, 23 and Isaiah 28, 22. And we'll come back to those in a few minutes. But I just want to say we need to expect the Lord to finish what he's begun in our life. He will cut it short in righteousness. You see, the things that he has promised in his word, the things that we have stood for and believed, the things that we know that need to happen but hasn't happened yet, the things we've prayed for in the will of God, and and we don't know why it hasn't happened yet, he says he will cut it short in righteousness. See, the first thing that tells me is that he's going to do what's right. Listen, he always keeps his word. And it's only right that he fulfills his word and his promises in our life. He will cut it short in righteousness. You see, he'll do what's right. But that also tells me that he will do it the right way in righteousness. You see, a lot of the time, we in our battle and our struggle and waiting We're tempted to try to do it our way, to take matters into our own hands, and instead of really trusting God. And, you know, the the Scripture gives us a great example of this in Abraham and Sarah, as they had never been able to have a child, and they're praying and waiting and praying and waiting, and God gives Abraham a word that... His descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore. And yet, the years keep going by and going by and going by. It's been so long. And so they decide, I think Sarah comes up with the idea, would go have a child through our servant girl, Hagar. And Abraham is all too quick to just go along with the idea. I mean, it's like they're trying to help God fulfill His promise. And, you know, we look back at that and we say, gee, they should have known better. You know what? We should know better. 
that we trust God to do it the right way in our life. Because the end result of that was, is that they had a son named Ishmael, and that has brought so much trouble into their lives, but it also has brought trouble on generation after generation after generation, and you see it still today in the Middle East, the trouble that's going on there. It started there. Now I want to tell you that God also brought blessing upon all the nations of the world through Abraham. But what they did brought trouble on them. You see, we need to realize that God can always do it the right way. And He fulfilled that promise to them when Abraham was a hundred years old. That promised son finally came. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. What He had waited for for so long. And it just seemed like it was getting further away the older they got. But the breakthrough came. Amazing. I don't know how long your battle has gone on, but you need to know that God can bring a sudden breakthrough at any time. Don't allow yourself to settle in and just accept things as they are and no longer believe. No, we need to decide that we're going to always believe God. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, when we have a, a promise, a word, something that we're believing God for, and it just seems like it will never come, it can be depressing. It can even turn into an oppression. The heart becomes sick and we get weary and because we can't see an end. It just seems like it will never end. It'll never change. We can't see an end. In Isaiah 10.23, it says, For the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end. That means there is an appointed time. It will come to an end. The Lord God of hosts will make a determined end. A quick conclusion. In Isaiah, remember these are the two verses that Paul was referencing he, in Isaiah 28, 22, it says, Now therefore do not be mockers, lest your bonds be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a destruction determined even upon the whole earth. The same Hebrew word that's translated as a determined end in the first verse we read there is translated here as destruction determined. But this is what the word means. It means a sudden dramatic conclusion. Been going on forever? How about a sudden, dramatic conclusion? It finally comes to an end. It's over. You see, when God steps in, everything changes. The battle turns. When God steps in, that's when there's a great victory. A dramatic end to your bondage. A dramatic end to the sickness. A dramatic end to the things that have lingered on and on and dragged out forever. Suddenly, God breaks through and everything changes. Now, in Isaiah 28, 22, he said, Don't become a mocker. Don't be a mocker. And he tells us what will happen. lest your bonds become strong. I want to tell you, if you mock faith 
and the things of God, your bonds will become strong. And this old crazy world, you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in God, don't believe in the one true God at least, and, and they mock us, they make fun of us, their bonds will be strong according to the word of the Lord. But what I've seen in our generation that, that seems to be even more prevalent is believers who, well, they're unbelieving believers, if there is such a thing. I mean, they profess to be believers, but they're unbelievers. They, they mock and they make fun of Christians who actually believe that God does miracles, that God still steps into our lives and changes things. Listen, you don't want to be one of those mockers. Your bondage will be strong. They're left with no hope, no expectancy. It just is what it is, just like the world. But I believe in a God who still does miracles, who still sets free, who still heals, who still restores and makes whole. That's the God we serve. Don't be a mocker. Your bonds will be strong. You know, sometimes I think, in a way, maybe we even mock ourselves because somebody else doesn't have to do it, we'll do it. We'll say, well, why would God do something for me? Look at my past and my mistakes. How can I think that God would do something for me? Because it's not about your goodness. It's about His goodness. And Romans 8.32 tells us that He who gave His only Son for us, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? You see, that's the God that we serve. And I, I just want to encourage you, you see, the enemy will try to mock you and put those thoughts in your head. God will never do anything for you. Oh, you just need to trust God. You need to look to Him, humble yourself, and know that it is God. You can't earn a miracle from God. It is always by His grace we just receive by faith. But it's there that breakthrough will come. In the book of Judges, it tells us about one of the many times that the Israelites were oppressed by an enemy and... Uh, at, at one point, they were oppressed by the Midianites for seven years. And, and this is the way it was. The, the Israelites would plant their crops and, you know, they would try to make a living. And, and as soon as their harvest came in, the Midianites would come in and take everything. I mean, they're doing the best they can. They're trying and they're trying, but they never get to eat the fruit of their labors. They never get to enjoy the blessing of their hard work because this enemy comes in and takes everything. It goes on year after year. And I have to tell you that as a pastor, I see this. I see this in people's lives where they're doing the best they can and they just keep trying and trying and they can't ever seem to get ahead. They can't ever seem to get a breakthrough. And it, it's just the enemy is keeping them down, keeping them from really living the abundant life that Jesus has for them. What they need is a breakthrough. You see, God comes to Gideon. And this man, Gideon, 
He doesn't appear to be any kind of hero. He's hiding out, threshing some wheat. And God calls him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, who, me? He's like, my tribe is the least, and I'm the least of my family, and the least of the least, who am I? But God calls him a mighty man of valor, and God uses Gideon and 300 men in a miraculous way to defeat the whole Midianite army. And in a day, it all turns around. Everything turns around for them. Their enemy is pushed back and defeated. I tell you, God is in the breakthrough business. He can do it. You know, we read Isaiah 28, 22 about a dramatic end, but I want to back up uh, in Isaiah 28 to verse 21, the verse before there. It says, For the Lord will rise up as at Mount Perizim, and He will be angry as in the valley of Gibeon, that He may do His work, His awesome work, and bring to pass His act, His unusual act. We need to expect God to do some unusual things things that we've never seen before, things that we've never heard of before. Because I want you to know, God doesn't usually do things the way we expect. So we need to expect some unusual acts. Expect God to do some things. Sometimes we go through our life just kind of going through the day to day, and and, uh, all of a sudden, God brings a miracle. And you see, you thought it would never happen But if you'll expect, if you'll believe, I'll tell you, God can step into your situation and you'll be calling your friends and telling your friends, look what the Lord has done. Listen, last week I had people stand who knew they'd had a miracle of healing. I want you to know, in this room, there are all kinds of breakthroughs, all kinds of miracles that happened in people's lives. And we need to talk about it. We need to tell it. We need to let others know what the Lord has done in our life. Have you had any strange interventions by God? I'll tell you about one from the the Scripture. Joshua made a covenant with the Gibeonites, and when the Gibeonites were in trouble, then Joshua and the children of Israel had to go and and fight for them. And so as they're fighting for them and they're defeating their, their enemy, the sun is starting to set. But Joshua doesn't want the enemy to get away to fight another day. And so he just looks at the sun and he says, Son, stand still. And it did. The Bible says it has never happened before. And it's never happened again since. Here's the point I want to make to you. God can do some strange things. Don't put God in the box of saying He doesn't do that anymore. But don't put God in in the box either of saying He has to do it like that. I mean, you know, you might find a book out there about five ways to make your son stand still. Come on. This is the kind of silly stuff that goes on in our day. Listen, God can do it again if He wants to, but it's ridiculous for people to take a story like that and go out and think we're supposed to stop stop the sun all the time. No, you you just need to know that your God can do anything. He does strange, unusual things. And you just need to expect a miracle, expect a breakthrough in your situation, in your life. Oh, we don't see those kinds of things every day. 
But he does do those kinds of things, and we need to believe him for sudden breakthroughs. When Carmen and I were pastoring a small church at one point, you know, we had, we had two children and, and just felt like that financially it would be good for Carmen to work and she wanted to find a job as a music teacher. And, you know, that kind of works well for a mom raising her kids. And so we thought, you know, we could make that work. And she applied at a number of schools that summer and finally got one job interview, and she goes to the job interview. It seemed to go well, but the guy told her, he said, you know, I, I wish I could hire you, but I can't because I've got to hire this person that knows somebody. You know how that goes, yeah. right? right? And so she comes home. She didn't get the job. School starts. We're in the school year. Too late. We're a week into the school year, and she gets a call from another principal who was looking for somebody, and he had called that first principal where she interviewed. They called Carmen and asked her to come for an interview. She didn't even apply at that school, and they called her. I said him. It was a her, wasn't it? The principal was a her. She called Carmen and said, I want, I want, to, I want to talk to you. I want to interview you. Carmen leaves the house that day, goes for an interview, comes home that afternoon. I got the job. I want you to know that's a sudden breakthrough. You see, God can do those things. A week into the school year, yeah, it doesn't matter with the Lord. See, a lot of times we think it's too late. It's never too late with God. He can cause the sun to stand still. He can turn back the clock. I'm just telling you, our God can do it. We need to expect breakthroughs in our life. Right. Yeah, we got to endure and persevere and be in it for the long haul, but we also need to expect a miracle and believe. In Isaiah 28, 21, he mentions that he will rise up as at Mount Perizim, that's a reference to a battle that David had. You know, David was anointed to be king, but then for like 17 years, uh, he's chased and hunted, and then finally he is brought to that place where he is actually the king. But as soon as he becomes king, the Philistines want to try him. And you know, a lot of the time when things start turning around for us, we're finally seeing the blessings and promises fulfilled and things are going well, that's when the enemy will bring an attack to try to set us back. But uh, David, as this new king, he had this battle with the Philistines, and you need to see how God brought him a breakthrough. It's 1 Chronicles 14, 8 through 11. It says, The Philistines heard that he had been anointed king over all Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went out against them. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Raphium, and David inquired of God, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Belperazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal-perazim. The enemy was routed at Perazim. Perazim is a word that means breakthrough. 
David said it was like the breakthrough of water. It was like water breaking through a dam. You know, we've seen the power of a tsunami. We've seen how a hurricane can cause water levels to rise and nothing can stop it in its path. I just want you to understand that's the power that David was talking about here, that God had broken through his enemy like a flood. And we need to know that when God brings a breakthrough in our life, it doesn't matter what forces, what enemy is against you. It can't stand against the Lord. It may be something you battled for years, something that's come against your life. I want to tell you that God can bring that breakthrough to you. That's what David called that place, Belperazim. And you know what? It was remembered as that. It was called that from then on so that they would remember the breakthrough that came that day. And we need to remember the breakthroughs that we've had in our life because we look back and we see how God brought victory and not only does it help us for our battles that we're in right now, but it also helps others as a witness and testimony to them. Carmen and I were moving back to Fort Worth to pastor the church and, um, 19 years ago. And, uh, you know, we had a house that we were trying to sell and, and we were trying to find a house and buy here. And, you know, the market was quite different then. And we, it, five months went by and we finally found a house we wanted and our house finally sold. It was, we closed on one and then the other, I don't remember which was first, but two days apart. Five months, it seemed like nothing was happening. But then suddenly, that may not sound much like much to you, but, but I want you to know, you know, when, when it is you, it's a thing. And God, see, I, people forget what it's like we have a normal housing market. But back then, I'm just telling you, it was a thing for that to all happen within two days of each other. A similar thing happened with the church. You know, the church had been in Fort Worth for over 50 years, and the Lord had blessed and been many years of fruitful ministry there. But the church had been in decline for quite some time, and the building was, was getting old, and the church had had a building fund and planned on moving for quite a few years, but nothing had changed and nothing had happened. And then, in the same week, we sold that building and we found this property. It's amazing how God can set things in motion when it seems like nothing is happening. All of a sudden, it all comes together. And it's not a coincidence. It's not something we made happen. We couldn't make it happen. It was a God thing that God just causes it to happen. And you know, we as a church have seen a lot of breakthroughs and victories, but we're still believing God for more breakthroughs. I am believing for a great harvest. Jesus said the harvest is great, and I'm believing for a great harvest. Not a trickle, but a flood that many, many lives will be changed. Listen, don't be a mocker. Your bonds will be strong, but let's believe God together, and let's work together to see that vision fulfilled. Amen. You know what? I believe God can do some strange and unusual things. See, we do the ordinary. We do the day-to-day. -day, and He does the extraordinary. That's right. 
stay in prayer, stay in the Word. That's what they were doing in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. They were praying. Oh, we need to be faithful to pray, to persevere, to obey the Lord, to do what we have been called to do, do what we know to do. You know, there's a story about Jesus sending the disciples across the lake in the boat. And in Mark's gospel, it tells us that they were straining against the oars. I don't know if you've ever been out in a boat and you're trying to paddle and the wind picks up, but it can feel pretty futile. And they're straining against the oars. They're just not getting anywhere. And they see Jesus walking on the water. And the Gospel of John tells us the same story. It tells us something really interesting about what happens. It's John 6.21. It says, Then they willingly received Him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land where they were going. That's weird. And this is a good picture of the way it is a lot of times in ministry, the way it is sometimes in raising a family, the way it is sometimes in trying to make a living. They're straining at the oars. They're doing everything they know to do. And when Jesus steps in the boat, they were immediately where they were going. I want you to know that Jesus can turn it around just in a moment. When Jesus steps in, the battle's over. The victory's come. So we keep going, we keep doing what we're supposed to, but we expect an end. We expect the situation to, to change. One day Jesus is in the synagogue, and by the way, I will say it again, being in church is the best place to expect a breakthrough. No better place. Luke chapter 13, it tells us there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity that she was bowed over and could not raise herself up for 18 years. 18 years. I wouldn't want to be like this for 18 minutes. 18 years. I don't know if she went to if she went to the synagogue, you know, if she went to church every week, or if if she just heard Jesus was there. By the way, Jesus is gonna be here next week. I didn't know if y'all knew that. But what I do know is that she was there that day, and Jesus was there, and Jesus says to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Notice this, he laid his hands on her. Did you know believers lay hands on the sick and they recover? Did you know it could be a friend, a brother or sister down the row? It could be a small group leader. It could be one of these prayer partners. Somebody lays hands on you and things change. I'm just telling you, see, we need to expect those kinds of miracles and breakthroughs. You know, for me, I got to tell you, a lot of the time, everything is just too slow. I mean, I was one of those kids, you know, when we went on a trip, I, I tortured everybody. It was different then. We didn't have all these electronic devices and counting cows only did me for so long. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. The day before electronic devices, you know, we walked to school in the snow. Anyway, but I was one of those kids. It was always just like... How long, how much longer? 
When are we going to get there? And I still feel that way a lot of the time. How much longer? When is this going to happen? I want you to know that our God is the God of breakthroughs. And it may seem like it will never happen, but there will be a determined end. There will be a day that that breakthrough comes. Some of you need a breakthrough where a loved one is concerned. Maybe they, you know, they're away from the Lord and you're praying for that breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough where a loved one is concerned to see the relationship between you and them restored. Some of you need a breakthrough in your career, your vocation, or your finances. Some of you need a breakthrough to some destructive habit in your life that has kept you bound. And I just got to stop here and say this again. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times you've been prayed for, don't give up. Don't say I've been prayed for a hundred times. What what good will one more do? One more might be your breakthrough. When you say it doesn't matter, it won't do any good, you've given in. You need to keep believing God. Keep standing in faith. Always expect a miracle. Don't settle in. Don't decide that you're just going to accept things as they are, but you believe God. Keep on. Maybe you need a breakthrough in looking for a spouse. Well, here's here's the world's way. And I see Christians doing this all the time. Well, you know, you've checked out the people here. Meh. (laughs) So you got to go to another church. That ain't the Lord's way. And what's worse, as some even just flat out do it the world's way, they go out to the bars or wherever looking for somebody. Desperate. Remember the trouble that Abraham and Sarah bought for themselves. A lot of people buy themselves a boatload of trouble. Did you know that God can bring somebody here today to meet you? You can meet your spouse in the foyer today. Now don't come to get on me if you don't meet your spouse in the foyer today. I'm just telling you though, you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. You keep believing God and God can bring a breakthrough in your life. It is nothing for the Lord to send somebody here or there. They don't even know why they're moving because you've been praying. Somebody needs a breakthrough in their marriage. God can do it. Maybe you need a breakthrough to get past some depression, some hurt from the past, bitterness of the soul. Maybe you need a breakthrough just in your own spiritual life. It just feels dry and seems like you're just taking another lap around Mount Sinai, not getting anywhere, just kind of the same old, and you're you're hungry, you're thirsty. I want you to know that God can give you a breakthrough. See, whatever it is, if you need a sudden breakthrough this morning, that battle can be over. Doesn't matter how long you've fought, doesn't matter how much you've been through, God can always make a way. I want to give you one last example from John chapter 5. There's a man at the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible says that this man has been an invalid for 38 years. 
And every day, he's there at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years is a really, really long time. But John chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Over and over and over through the scripture, you see breakthroughs. You see this word immediately. Things that people have been through for decades, sometimes only a few days. But it doesn't matter whether it's a few days or decades. With the Lord, it can change immediately. A breakthrough comes. Don't be an unbelieving believer. All things are possible to him who believes. Don't be a mocker and don't listen to mockers. It can infect your soul. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be looking at other people. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And expect God to bring breakthroughs in your life. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.